Hey family, before we get into this episode, I have something for all my quiz lovers. If you've ever wondered how and why you approach projects the way you do, take my free quiz to find out what type of thinker you are. At the end of the quiz, you'll receive free resources to help you get out of your head and execute. The link is in the show notes. Now let's get into today's episode. You're listening to the Organize My Thoughts podcast, where we teach you how to get out of your head so you can execute the vision. I am your host, Kyla Jackson. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Organize My Thoughts podcast. You guys, I'm super excited because right now we are live over on the Organize My Thoughts YouTube channel with a very special guest, Miss Raven Hoquette. Say hey. Hi, y'all. <laughs> Raven is amazing, y'all. So y'all might as well just get some pen and paper. There's always notes to be taken here. You're going to get the revelation. The Holy Spirit is probably going to pluck you upside the head. Y'all know how we do here. So we are really excited. But let me take the time to introduce Miss Raven. So Raven is a wife, a mother, and a serial entrepreneur. She's been self-employed for over 11 years and has helped hundreds of women leave their nine to five and become self-employed. She is the owner of several successful businesses, including Andy Official, which is a luxury handbag line, Acrylic 54 Studio, which is a content studio in Dallas, and Paid at Home Moms, which teaches moms how to make passive income. And most recently, her newest venture is Supernaturally Paid, which provides resources to help Christian entrepreneurs break free from money anxiety and get paid without compromising their beliefs. Now, listen, Raven is the perfect example of what we love on this show about how God will call you to multiple areas and you can thrive in all of them. She does them very well. She's not all over the place. And so for everybody who feels like you're only called to do one thing, Raven is the chief executor. She's a prime example of thriving in multiple areas and using all of her gifts. So welcome again to the show, Raven. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. So let's go ahead and dive right into this conversation. I want you to take us all the way back to the beginning, before all the businesses were here, when it was just you and God. Where did that journey start for you? So it's interesting because I was one of those kids that grew up in church. You know, you would like go to vacation Bible school, go to Sunday school and, you know, do that whole kind of thing. And then around the time that I was eight, it just abruptly stopped. And, you know, eight is... I would say on the older end, you know, of like a young child, but at the same time, um, it's still young enough where you might not necessarily retain certain information that you've learned at Sunday school, certain information that, you know, you've learned in vacation Bible school and things like that. But I always still wanted to have a relationship with God. So even at that young age, in my quiet time, before I would go to sleep, I still was praying and, you know, things like that. And I didn't even understand like, the magnitude of that and why it was so important. But I just knew like, I can't go to sleep without praying, you know, and talking to God. So even when I thought that God wasn't there because I wasn't going to church, he was still there. And so it was amazing. Um, as I got older, like I got into my early teen years and he basically was showing me how the seed of entrepreneurship had been planted in me a long time ago. Um, when I was growing up, I was never the child that was just okay with like going and asking my parents for money. 
Don't get me wrong. I would still ask them, but I wanted to have a way to make my own money, even if it was just $5 for babysitting somebody or $10, you know, for braiding somebody's hair. Like I was always trying to figure out how can I do this on my own versus having to depend and rely on somebody else for this. And so when I got a little bit older, like that interest just continued to expand. When I got in high school, like I was really interested in business and just things that I could do to make money and what I could create and things like that. And it really just like magnified, I'm going to say like my junior year in college, which was in 2009, um, I had gotten an internship. And so I was living in New York for the summer. And if you've never been to New York, it is literally, if you're trying to find like some hustle, that is a city that you're going to see it all around you. Like it's very hard to live in a place like New York and not just like piggyback, you know, off of like the hustle and bustle that other people have. So I remember when I was in New York, um, I spent my off time when I wasn't like working at the company that I was interning for. I spent my downtime going to the library and people were like, why are you at the lot? Like you live in New York, like you are 20 years old. You are living your best life. Like I remember I turned 21 when I was in New York. They were like, girl, you are legal. Like you need to go out. Like, you know, it's perfect. This is a train city. You don't have to worry about a ride, you know, go out and turn up. And I wanted to turn up with my entrepreneurship books. I wanted to turn up with my business books. I wanted to implement, I wanted to execute the things that I had learned. I wanted to make sure that everything that Um, I had acquired all the skills, all the relationships that I got from my internship. I wanted to make sure that I knew how to basically leverage, you know, those things. And so when I got back to school, I remember I had got some business cards made. And you couldn't tell me that because I had got business cards made that I wasn't in business, like period. Like I was in business because my little business card said so. It said that I was the CEO. So that's what it was. But that's where, you know, That scripture comes into play where it talks about how life and death is in the power of the tongue, because I was calling myself the CEO before anybody else ever called me the CEO. I was coming into agreement with what God had told me when I was seven, eight years old, what he told me again when I was 12, 13, what he told me again when I was 16, 17, and then what was kind of coming full circle when I was 21 years old. And so I remember when I graduated from college, we were kind of like, on the tail end of like that 2007, 2008 recession, like it was weird because I had friends that had graduated like a couple years before me and it was just like so dead, like they could not find a job. So when I found a job, like literally before I even walked across the stage and graduated, people were like, whoa, like, wait a minute, like this is unprecedented. You know, this is something that is unheard of. And I remember the work that I was doing, I was a marketing coordinator at a housing agency and people were so excited because not only did I have a job, but I had a job in my field. You know, I went to school for public relations and that's what I was doing at that company, public relations and marketing. And so I remember like a couple months (laughs) into the job, it was exciting because it brought new challenges. I was learning how to work in corporate America. I was learning how to work, you know, around people. And I was learning how to really be a shot caller in a sense, because I was the only one in the marketing department. So it was up to me where we get a new website. What were we doing to get the word out there about our services and, you know, things like that. So I learned a lot from that position, but it did not take long for me to realize that this was a assignment that was only going to be temporary. Um, I remember it was January of 2011 at this point. So I had been there for like about nine months 
And I just got on my face and I didn't even know what like, quote unquote, getting on your face meant at that time. But I remember being on my knees, like head to the ground and saying, God, please rescue me. I cannot do this. Like I was like, at this time next year, I cannot be here. And so literally December 31st of 2011, I wanted that to be like my cutoff date. Um, And this is why it's so important not to just, I always say, don't get married to your own plans because you want to be able to leave room for whatever God has for you to really come in and take over. And, you know, it's funny that I had set this whole plan, like, okay, by December 31st, you know, 2011, I'm going to be out of here. But I remember like back when I was still in college, I had this whole like 10 year plan to work in corporate America. Like, I mean, down to, I had the company picked out that I wanted to work for. I was already looking at apartments to relocate to the city where that that company was headquartered. Like, I just knew like, I'm going to go into this company. It was an entertainment company. I'm going to build up, you know, my rapport, build up my contacts in the industry. And then I'm going to be like this go-to publicist that everybody is basically calling. And, you know, I'm, I'm working in the industry, but God is so good that he will literally save you from things. He will save you from industries. He will save you from positions that the enemy will try to use to basically like, make all the things that you're struggling try to come out. You know, we know from the scripture that the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. And for me, because I had dealt with mediocrity, you know, for so long when I was a child, I was very impressed by money. And so, you know, you're in this position working in the entertainment industry, because even though I was at my nine to five, I had my public relations business on the side by this time. So I wasn't necessarily in entertainment where I'm working for like artists, like rappers and singers or anything like that. But I was working with like a lot of NFL players. So a lot of times when I was around them at their events, these kind of people were around because basically, you know, they were their friends. And it's very dangerous to be in an industry like that when you're an attractive young woman who is impressed by money. Like, that's all I'm going to say. But God is so good that he will literally come in, boom, boom, bam, (laughs) block it and reroute you and say, no, over here is where I want to take you. This right here, this is not your assignment because the enemy is going to try to use this to take you somewhere else. But over here is where I want to take you. And I have something over here that's basically greater for you. So in 2012, that was when I had got into coaching um, and it was a fight. I'm going to be honest. I did not go easily. I was like pouting. You know how your mother would tell you to do something? You're stomping up the steps, <laughs> out, mad, talking about her under your breath. That's what I was doing to God. I don't know why he would send me over here. Like, I mean, when I finally got obedient, it was a situation where it's like, I'm only getting obedient just so this could not work out. So I can tell you like, exactly. Like, this is what I told you. Like, I need to be back over here in this turned up industry. Like, that's how I felt. And so I was kind of forced into a corner with my PR business and shutting it down because my business partner had said she didn't want to do it anymore. And the business started struggling. I couldn't hold all the weight, you know, on my own. So really, I got obedient and went into coaching because my money started to dry up. So I got into coaching and I couldn't believe how effortless God was just releasing these people to me, like people calling me and saying, Can you help me leave my job? Can you help me get motivated? Like calling me for services that you can't even typically put a price tag on because this is something nobody has necessarily ever invested, you know, in themselves for. So I got into coaching before it was like a trendy Instagram thing. 
Um, and it was very exciting. You know, it was it was very rewarding um, just to make that type of impact. But then fast forward to 2019, God told me to shut down my coaching business. And, you know, by that time, I was already in a certain place with my faith walk. So it was like, oh, you said shut it down. OK, bye. Like it was no second guessing. It was like, I understand the reason why I need to obey and basically obey quickly. So I got an obedience um, very, very quickly and shut down my coaching business. But it was very challenging. And it was very challenging because it wasn't just a test of obedience. It was God really taking me through this season. I don't necessarily want to call it a wilderness season, um, but it was God like taking me through almost like that Elijah like season. Like remember when he was basically out in a wilderness and like the Ravens were literally bringing him food, providing him with his food every single day. Um, Also, there's another um, scripture. I think that's somewhere in a book of Isaiah where it talks about how like God is only going to provide the manna that you need for the day because he wants you to believe that he's going to keep providing. And that was me in 2019. And it was hard because I was an, a newlywed still. So I'm still trying to figure out how to be the wife that I know that God has called me to be. But then also I was pregnant. So I'm trying to figure out how, how to be the wife that God has called me to be. And then I'm trying to figure out how to be the mother that I know that he's called me to be and a mother that you know I've always wanted to be. Um, while in the midst of going through this really tough season with my business and looking at my bank account, knowing that my bank account used to look a certain way and I'm seeing it now and I'm like, whose bank account is this? Like, what is going on? Um, so it did give me a lot of money anxiety, which was very hard for me, but I'm thankful that I experienced that because really supernaturally paid would not have been birthed without that season. Um, I needed to go through that to figure out how to depend and rely on God to give me the strategy to get out of that. Um, And so that's really a big part of what we do now over at Supernaturally Paid because I thought the money anxiety was just a raving thing. And I thought that because you get on Instagram and everybody seems like they're doing well and, you know, things are great and businesses popping like For entrepreneurs, it's very hard for us to be transparent in basically saying, you know, this is not working out. This is not, you know, going how I thought that it was going to go. This is not as successful, you know, as I thought that it would be. That's very challenging for us. And so I'm thinking that this is just kind of my little secret over here. This is something between me and God. And, you know, I'm basically keeping it to myself. But he also had me writing down everything that I was doing. Like, what was my routine in the morning? Like, what was I having to like transform about my mindset? What scriptures was I following and things like that to really get myself out of the money anxiety? And, you know, it's just a beautiful space to be in because I try to tell Christian entrepreneurs all the time, like when they come to me and say things like they're going through spiritual warfare or they know that it's an attack on their finances and things like that. I'm like, do you really think, first of all, we already know that the devil wants to pick on people. He wants to pick on people anyway, but People who are anointed to make a lot of money and they're going to have some nerve in, a, in the devil's eyes to actually tithe on that money, to actually sow that money. And then you're going to actually give God the glory. Oh, you better know he's going to try to bring out every demon friend that he got to try to destroy you in the process of you getting to that. Well, so honestly, a lot of us as Christian entrepreneurs We get it a lot harder, you know, and we don't understand why it seems like we have more hiccups or why we're met with, 
you know, even more just things and, you know, stuff of that nature. But it's the enemy always trying to attack us. And so I'm just very grateful within Supernaturally Paid just to be serving um, entrepreneurs in this way. So it's definitely been a journey. Um, But here we are. I'm excited about what God is doing and just where he's taking everything. I love that. You hit on so many good points. One of them that I want to go back to is take me back to what it was like when you left that nine to five and you were getting that first coaching client. Where were you at that time um, in in life and your faith walk? And also you brought up something about um, dealing with mediocrity at a young age. So in that space where you were right in between, like you didn't have a client yet, God is opening up this new door for you. How did your mindset as a child, what you experienced as a child affect your mindset at that moment and walk us through. This is before you really were developing that faith and that confidence. Mm -hmm. How did you deal with that in between place? Yeah. So this is the thing. If you don't deal with your thoughts, and that's why I love that this podcast is called Organize My Thoughts, because if you don't deal with your thoughts that you've had as a child, things that people have spoken over you, things that you have seen that you should have never seen, You're going to be a 40 year old adult still having these thoughts that the five year old you basically had. And so for me, I don't come from a family where I have this long line of entrepreneurs and this person got, you know, the coffee shop and this person sells cupcakes and this person makes shoes. I don't have that. Everybody in my family. I mean, for the most part, these are people that are just day to day, you know, working on his job, go to their nine to five and come home. So That was all I saw. It was the mediocrity of we make money, not necessarily a lot, but we make enough to get by. You know, we're we're at the mediocre point where we're not necessarily wanting for food. You know, we're not eating sugar sandwiches and, you know, we're not like wearing shoes that are two sizes too small, but we still don't have the life that we necessarily want. You know, we still are barely making ends meet. Like I can remember it was one Christmas. Um, and we literally could not afford a Christmas tree that year. A Christmas tree is like $20 and it's like $20 now. So how much do we think that it was back in like 1994, like way cheaper? So we couldn't afford a Christmas tree. And so I remember literally we had put, my parents had wrapped a light. I mean, wrapped some lights, like Christmas lights around this big, like stand up lamp that we had. And on Christmas, the presents, were basically, and it wasn't that many presents, but the presents were basically wrapped around, you know, this little lamp. So I think for me, between seeing that and also seeing us being evicted, I knew from a very young age as a child that we were living in a place of lack. I I knew that even before I could spell the word lack, I knew that I was basically surrounded by lack. Um, And so for me, when I got older, I grew up with this mindset that was like, you're always going to be in lack. You know, you're never going to be in abundance. You're never going to see like this bountiful place that all of, you know, these scriptures say is basically your portion. Because if that's really real, how come so many other people that you've seen growing up, how come this is a harvest that they basically never got to see? So I remember God laying out like these coaching programs. Like I literally had a friend come over who I'm still friends with to this day a guy friend come over and have like a big poster sitting on my living room floor. And we're laying out like this program is going to be called this. This one is going to be called that. And now I got to go to God and I got to be like, okay, God, well, what am I charging, you know, for this? And so the first thing that I did, mind you, God didn't tell me to do this, but this is what I told me to do. 
was I go and I look up other people in the industry and I see what they're charging. So I realized that everybody was pretty much charging like $97 an hour for a coaching session. Now, this is coming from somebody that was making like 32000 at my nine to five. So that's roughly $14, $15 an hour before taxes. So this $97 an hour, oh, okay, this isn't sounding too bad. You know, this is sounding like this is great and I'm going to do well. But that's when you realize and you start counting and adding up the amount of coaching sessions that you have to do every single day just to get to a certain threshold, pretty much. So I was like, you know what? Like, this is not working. And I remember God said, charge more. You don't have to charge what they charge. He said, you're following people who are literally operating from a place of lack. And that's what so many of these entrepreneurs are doing today. That's why I always say, Pay attention to who is coaching you. Y'all are signing up for coaching programs where people are literally using fear as a tactic to sell to you everything that in their marketing. Oh, you got to get ready for this recession. You got to do this. They're scared of this recession. And that's why they created this high ticket coaching program to try to come out here and basically scare you. Like you have to be mindful of the thoughts that people have that are around you because those same thoughts will literally come upon you because you're around people who are afraid like this. And so for me, I remember I said, you know what? I'm not doing any more like one off coaching sessions. Like you're going to have to commit. Like you're going to have to commit. First of all, it's only but so much that you can get done in just talking to somebody for an hour. And these are people that it needed a lot of work, you know, with their mindset and their business and things like that. So there then became a three month commitment minimum that you had to commit to and you had to pay monthly and you had to pay for all of your sessions in advance. So I remember, and don't laugh at me y'all, cause this was like very low ball, but I remember my rate for my program was like three ninety seven a month. And I remember, you know, being in that place. And it's so crazy that today I look at three ninety seven like what? Like I, I would never flinch at telling somebody that that's my price. If that was the price, But back then it was like stuttering and, oh my goodness, you know, I just don't know. And that was still that lack mindset trying to creep in and basically tell me that I pretty much, you know, was not worthy. Um, I remember when I last had my coaching program where I was assisting people from getting out of their nine to five into being self-employed, the investment for my coaching program was $15,000. Literally, I went from being the girl that was scared to tell somebody $97 an hour, scared to tell somebody $397 a month to $15,000. And it's only $15,000 if you can make the investment all up front or if you want to make it installments. There's a little bit of a finance charge if you want to do installments and you can only do six installments max. I'm not dragging this out with you. And I was very serious about that. And so it got to a place where I realized like, wow, you know, I'm able to do this because of my thoughts. And, you know, my thoughts have not catapulted in this way from all of these like things that people tell us to follow. It's not self-help books and, you know, it's not seeing other entrepreneurs doing it. It's literally studying what the Bible says about money. It's literally studying who God told me that I could be. It's literally praying every day, just like that scripture says in Luke, praying that God would increase my faith because that's the thing. God sees us before we see us before he even puts us in our mother's womb. He knows who he's going to raise us up to be. He knows who he has called us to be. But when we're operating in this place of 
That can't be me. Nobody would ever pay me that. Nobody would ever do this. God is an unprecedented God. Would you think that people won't pay you or they won't pay somebody that looks like you? I remember um, when I first started coaching, people would say things like, y'all going to like hire her as your coach? She's so young. Like she's only like 23. Like what is she going to teach you? Well, if I left my job and you're still at yours, it's obvious that I have something to teach you. That's why when I hire people, bring them on to my team, I'm never thinking about how young are they or how much do they make or how many followers. That has nothing to do with the anointing that God has on their lives. Some people are anointed to help you with this. Some people are anointed to write this for you, to introduce you to that person. Like God has given all of us so many different gifts. And, you know, for me, I wanted to dive into mine. I decided I don't want to leave anything on the table. I don't want any crumbs. I don't want any, you know, one of my favorite gospel songs, I say this all the time, is like withholding nothing. And I think about that when I think about my relationship with God. Like, what do I need to do to be in a place where God literally withholds nothing from me? He withholds nothing from my portion. He withholds nothing from my marriage, nothing from our children, nothing, you know, from my bloodline and generations to come. And one of the biggest things is I have to believe what God said about me. And it's hard to believe what God said about you if you're constantly around people who are afraid, if you're constantly letting people follow you and pour into you who are afraid. And when they pour into you, they're sprinkling in a little bit of their fear as well. So for me, it definitely took a while. I'm going to be honest. It took a while for me to get in a place where I could comfortably charge my worth. But that's why that's something that I'm so passionate about. I mean, I've been passionate about that since I was coaching years ago, but I'm even more passionate about that with Supernaturally Paid because I find that with Christian entrepreneurs, we do that the most. You know, we're so giving, we're so loving. It's literally something that we would do for free, but we're letting people get over on us because it's like, Oh, because I'm a Christian entrepreneur, I'm supposed to give them a break. I'm supposed to do this. You don't know how God could be calling you to charge a certain rate so that he can stretch that person. When I tell you, like, it's been clients, former clients of mine that I've brought them on, brought on their companies um, for certain services. And when they tell me, like, what the investment is, I'm like sitting like a proud mom because I'm just like, yes, honey, add a comma to that investment. Like, Make sure that you don't accept payment plans if you don't want to. Like, make sure you get all your money up front, whatever you want to do. But I'm really proud because I know for a fact that them coming into my coaching program and seeing what that investment was and seeing me stand on that, that God used me to help them stand on theirs. Um, so, yeah, like that's pretty much where I was when I first like made that transition into really charging my work. Yeah, I love that. And you hit on something so good. You said initially when you were first trying to figure out what to charge, you said that you immediately, God didn't tell you to do this, but you looked at what other people were charging. Yeah. And I feel like that's exactly what most new entrepreneurs do is they mm -hmm. always feel like they either need to start at like a low ball because they're new mm -hmm. or they're always comparing themselves to what other people are charging. And I love that you got redirected and was actually encouraged to charge more. And even mm -hmm. how you talked about how you never know how God could be stretching somebody's mindset. Um, in that. So I love that you talked on that. So transitioning into really just dealing with that money anxiety, why do you feel like 
so many people are stuck in that place. Like even when you have so many motivational speakers, you have everybody reading all these self-help books. And it's still when it comes to making that action, so many people are still stuck, Mm -hmm. especially when we know that when God gives a vision, it's always bigger than your bank account for a reason. Mm -hmm. It's the root of what's keeping people stuck. I think that it's a lot of like various things that kind of go hand to hand, but I feel like the biggest root of it is that people are not studying the word of God. Notice I didn't say reading the word of God. People are not studying the word of God. And that's the thing, like, you know, studying the word of God is so important because literally think about what you did when you were in school and you had a test coming up. You studied because you knew that you were about to be tested. When we started this episode, we talked about how the enemy is going to try you even more when you're a Christian entrepreneur with your finances. He's going to try to put every single block. He's going to try to pull out all the stops. So you are going to be tested. And if you're not studying, I mean, what happens when you don't study for the test in school? You fail the test. And so that's the thing. You have a lot of Christian entrepreneurs who are getting the same lessons over and over again. They're making a lot of money and is going out or they're not making enough money. They can never seem to get past like a certain mark within their business. Another thing as well, like I get a question a lot from entrepreneurs. How do you hear from God? How do you hear from God about your business? Well, you actually spend time with him. You actually study the Bible. Like, you know, you actually meditate on the scriptures. You actually, you don't just go to God and have this whole list of things that you want. You actually be quiet so he can talk to you and so that he can tell you some things that he wants to tell you. It says in Jeremiah 33 and three that he wants to tell us unsearchable things that we literally do not know. And I love that that scripture uses the word unsearchable because I think it's important to note that the things that God wants to tell you are not things that you're going to find on YouTube. It's not things that you can Google. It's not things that you're going to find in somebody's course. It's not things that is a hashtag. It's literally things that God wants to tell you and he wants to tell you directly. And so I think that is like really the biggest root of it. Like when you're studying the Bible and you see how over and over and over again, the Bible talks about wealth, how it talks about investing, how it talks about leaving an inheritance to your children's children, how it talks about if you submit your plans to the Lord, he'll prosper the work of your hands. It says these things over and over. So it can't be wrong all these different times. Like it ain't like it just said it one time and maybe that's a little typo. It says it over and over and it says it in so many different books. We think that the book of Proverbs is like the end all be all for entrepreneurs, but it says it a bunch of times in Psalms. If you are looking for what the Bible says about investments, it says a bunch of things about it in the book of Ecclesiastes. It says a bunch of things in the book of Isaiah. It talks to us in the book of Peter about anxiety. Like, I mean, every question that we have, literally this book is answering it. So you can't say that you're heavily dependent on God for your finances, but you won't study his word. You won't really seek him and spend that time with him. And I feel like that's where a lot of entrepreneurs are stuck. We let social media distract us. We let TV distract us. We have to binge watch everything. We let relationships distract us that we don't belong, you know, being in. We let the thoughts of family members and other people distract us. Like it's literally a laundry list of things that we let keep us from really studying the word of God. I love that. I love that. 
So in addition to that, so what do you have to say to people who they have been obedient and they're not necessarily seeing the fruit of their obedience and money wise, right? These are people who have taken the time to see God and now they're in that discouraged place where they feel like, well, God, here are the promises that you gave me and I don't see it happening yet. So now they're like, either I heard God wrong or maybe I did something wrong. Have you ever been in that place? And then what would you say to oh, people yeah. who are in that place? Yeah, I mean, I remember when God told me to shut down my coaching business in 2019. I knew that he would not tell me to shut down this business without like bringing something else. But it was a long time before I knew what that something else was. And so it would be times even after he told me to shut the business down that people would still reach out to me and say, hey, I was on your website. I'm trying to find the link to get my one-on-one session. I don't see it. Where is it? Imagine somebody tempting you like that. When you look at your bank account and you know, like, wow, like I could make a quick, you know, $2,000, $2,500 if I just go and add this link back to my site. But the second you think about it, God says no and reminds you of what he told you. But you look at your bank account and you don't even have $500 in there. It's like, God, really? Like, really? Like, when is this going to come? When is this going to happen? When is it going to transpire? But we have to understand what the scripture says about God's timing. And that's the thing, like God is not going to send anything prematurely and he's not going to send anything in, in a late sense of the way, you know? So we have to really hold on to that. And I think that during that time, during those kind of times, it's so important to focus on what God is doing in your life. Because just because he's not responding in this part of your life, the way that you want him to do, does not mean that it's not something over here that he isn't doing in your life. That's a blessing. Something that I had to keep reminding myself of in that season is staying in gratitude. And I finally had decided, I said, you know what? I don't want to complain anymore. I don't want to go through this season stomping up the steps and kicking my feet up because what happens when you stomp up the steps? Your parent could be trying to give you an instruction that you don't hear because you're so busy stomping up them steps. So I don't want to go on this faith walk and be stomping and having my arms folded the whole time. I want to be on this faith walk with a smile. I want to be on this faith walk and be cheerful. I want my level of praise for God to be turned up no matter how much money is in my bank account, no matter how many people are reaching out to me for speaking engagements. So for me, during that time, I had to really focus on the fact that this prayer that I had started praying Literally back in like 2013, I remember I had a whole moment with God on my bed in my very first apartment and I was like getting ready to turn 25 and I was having what I thought to be a quarter life crisis. I was like, oh my God, like I'm about to turn 25 and you know, I'm not dating anybody. I don't even know if I want to date anybody right now. You know, like I just was like having this whole like situation going on. But I remember thinking, well, I know that when I was younger, I remember God giving me dreams and seeing myself in a white dress at a wedding, seeing myself being married, seeing myself having a family. So how is that going to transpire if I don't even know if I want to be dating anybody right now? So I remember, you know, during that time being so flustered because I felt like even if I'm not married at this moment, I should already have my guy. I should have my guy who I know, you know, is going to be the one and, you know, we're building to that or, you know, whatever. But I spent that whole season kicking my feet. And because of that, when I did have people coming in my life, when I started dating again, I wasn't able to hear the instruction when God was trying to say this person is a mess. Like, no, like you don't need to be associated with, with them. And so 
I remember in 2018 when I got married, we got married at the end of 2018. Um, we found out that we were expecting, uh, that was in March. So we had only been married for four months. It is so many people, married couples that wait years to have kids and not by choice, you know, have trouble conceiving and, you know, all these different things like God answered my prayers and he answered my prayers quickly. Um, very, it, it, it seemed at that time, like it was taking a long time, but when I look back on it, it was very quick. So even though I was in this season where things weren't going the way that I wanted them to go in my business, I was over here, you know, with this beautiful marriage that was starting, um, finding out that we were expecting, even though I had, um, a tough time, a little bit in my pregnancy, I had like some complications and things like that. My son came out super healthy, never spent a second, you know, in the NICU and God made sure that we had everything that we needed. I think that when our son got here, the only thing that we might have purchased maybe would have been like birthing cloths or something. I really don't think that it was anything that we had to buy. So even though my bank account didn't look like it, God was providing for us. You know, God was definitely making sure that he was making a way for us. So what I decided to focus on as opposed to, oh, my business is not successful as I want it to be. Let me focus on my family. And I realized looking back, like God is not going to play with us about the order that he wants things in because he had me a little bit more quiet in my business at that time because he was building a foundation in my marriage. He was building a foundation, you know, in me as a mother. And that's something that's so important because you don't want success at the cost of your marriage. You don't want success at the cost of spending time with God, spending time with your children. It's not worth it. It costs too much if that's the requirement that it's going to cost. So what I would say to entrepreneurs that are there is look around. The evidence of God's track record, God's blessings, God's miracles in your life are there. If you turned a light on this morning and that light actually came on, you are blessed. If you ate breakfast this morning, you are blessed. If you dropped your kids off at a daycare where the bill is paid, you are blessed. If you woke up next to a spouse that loves you, you are blessed. If you have children that are actually praying, you are blessed. If you if your water was hot this morning, you are blessed. If you have a mother and a father that didn't abandon you, you are blessed. If you had shoes to put on your feet, you are blessed. It's people in countries that don't even have shoes that are walking down dirt roads. So I had to respond to that attack of the enemy because that's what it is. It's not God that's trying to rush you. It's the enemy that's trying to make you think that God ain't good because you don't like where your bank account is. And I want to share this because what we're about to see in this season is a lot of entrepreneurs that used to say God is good. When this recession comes in and hit them, all of a sudden, they're going to say God ain't that good no more. All of a sudden, you're going to see people switching sides, people that you thought was on fire for God. And all of a sudden, it's going to become lukewarm or the fire is going to blow out because their level of praise for God depends on how many commas is in their bank account. This is what we're going to see. So you have to be in a place where even when things aren't where you want them to be, that joy is still there because God is always moving. He's always blessing us. He's always speaking us, speaking to us all the time. Absolutely. I love that. And that complaining part is key. Like we get so distracted by everything that we don't see what we're praying for directly when God is planning this whole beautiful yep. way for us, you know, in the realm of the spirit. And we're like, oh, this isn't right. This isn't right. But God is answering your prayers. just not how you yep. want. So I love that you talked about that patience and really having to reposition your mind and your heart. 
um, mm-hmm. to deal with those things. So continuing on, so you talked about just preparing entrepreneurs for what's going, what's coming next, right? So we talked about a little bit about that recession and people trying to push all this fear-based things. What are you doing over in Supernaturally Paid that is preparing this gener- this current generation of entrepreneurs for what's next and also the new entrepreneurs that are going to be birthed out of this? So one of the things that I want to teach entrepreneurs to do is really tap into the fact that When you have the word of God, you are armed and dangerous to the enemy. And that's the thing. Like, imagine having a weapon, but your enemy shows up and you don't use it. You won't get trampled. You won't get dragged. You want to get all of that if the enemy shows up and you don't have that exact weapon that you know that you could use that will basically defeat them. And so that's really the first phase of Supernaturally Paid. And I know that (laughs) entrepreneurs don't want to talk about this, right? Like we hear the word mindset and it's like, Oh, not another mindset and not another believe in yourself. No, this is not about believing in yourself. This is about believing in the word of God. This is about believing in what he said about you. This is about positioning yourself so that you can hear from God. This is about positioning yourself so that you can win the war against your finances because it's a war. And it's been entrepreneurs for so long that have literally been curled up in a ball like this in a fetal position. And we've been telling ourselves, oh, I'm just waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. No, God is waiting on you to pick up your weapon. God is waiting on you to stand up like David. God is waiting on you to defeat that Goliath in your life. God is waiting on you to open up your mouth. God is waiting on you to unmute yourself. God is waiting on you to start that podcast he told you to start. He's waiting on you to start that YouTube channel. He's waiting on you to stop being scared to give him the glory on the internet and publicly. God is waiting on you. So for me, it's really about helping entrepreneurs armor themselves initially, but also holding them accountable to be who God has called them to be. Because I feel like often we think like, well, maybe I haven't reached my supernatural payday because it's just not my time yet. It's just not this. Some of y'all are actually in the wrong businesses. And I'm going to just say it. You're in the wrong businesses because you're operating in these businesses because you got on social media and social media told you it was trendy. You saw somebody else selling hair and they posted how much money they made. And so all of a sudden you thought that you should sell hair. And that's not what God has for you. So it's also going to be um, in a supernaturally paid course, a prophetic time of me being able to pour into entrepreneurs and say, listen, you know good and well that you are not supposed to be in this industry. You know that you are not supposed to be offering this type of service. So we're really going to get into what I like to call offers that overflow. Because when God tells you to do something, when God assigns you to it, it's a different level of how that check is going to hit. That's all I'm going to say. Like when God signs off on the check, it literally pays with interest. Like I had not even officially opened up the registration to supernaturally pay the course at one point. And I already had over like double digits in registrants and hadn't even officially. These were people reaching out to me. Where's the link? I need to get in this course. I cannot wait. Sign me up. What are we doing? Like, I mean, this is how in demand God will make your gifts. Like God literally has people waiting on you to tap into the assignment that he's called you to be in. But some of us are wasting our time out here and we're being in the wrong business. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to get into um, marketing and sales as well, but from a more like automated standpoint, because there's too many people thinking that they need to be on Instagram all day to make money. It's too many people doing things the hard way. And really like there's this whole world of automation that we haven't tapped into as Christian entrepreneurs, because 
we're afraid to learn something new. We don't want to step out of, out of our comfort zone. We don't want to do any type of paid traffic or anything like that. We want to be out here just basically saying, I'm trusting God. He's going to bring us the people. He's going to enlarge my territory. But some of us, God wants to enlarge our territory in a different way than what we've been doing, you know, in terms of our, our marketing. So we're going to get into that. But most importantly, one of my favorite parts is we're really going to get into the wealth plan because we know that it's biblical to pass down wealth to the next generation. It's biblical to be in abundance. So we're really going to get into how you can leverage investments, not just for yourself, but also investments for your children. I've been in too many coaching programs that have taught me how to make a lot of money and that's been great, but have not taught me how to manage it. And so that's why we have a generation of entrepreneurs out here who do not have their financial house in order. They don't know how to go about things with taxes. They don't know how to go about things with retirement. They don't know how to go about things with investments. Like the last thing that we want is for you to be making so much money and you're giving all of it away in taxes because you're not investing in yourself. You're not investing in certain accounts and things like that. So we're going to get into all of that. Um, and then the last part of the Supernaturally Paid course is we actually do a recap when the course is complete of your action plan. I know that when you get into courses, it's so much information that it's just like, oh, okay, that was great, but where do I start? And because people get overwhelmed, then it becomes, I don't start because I don't know where to start. So we're really going to make sure that we do that so that you know, okay, from what I learned in the Supernaturally Paid course, this is step one, this is step two, this is step three to ensure that you implement it. And also um, we have like some private group coaching calls as well. Cause I mean, accountability if y'all haven't noticed, is just very important to me. Like I know that people sign up for courses all the time, click their little login, go into it one time and they never go into it again. Like I really want to hold you guys accountable to be the person, the entrepreneur that God has called you to be and to make the money that I know that he's called you to make. Love it. This is so necessary, y'all. Like we need this. Even if you don't feel like you're called to be an entrepreneur, but you know that God has put something down on the inside of you. Right. Vision, you may be called, you may be afraid, but God is calling you to another realm. And so you mm-hmm. need to make sure that you're having the proper teacher and the proper information because there's so much. Everybody feels like they have the right information out here and you can mm-hmm. get so misled. So Miss Ma'am has all the experience. Okay, <laughs> she's been in this game for a long time. So definitely tell us where we can find out more about Supernaturally Pay and more about you. Yeah, so we're on Supernaturally. I mean, we're on Instagram at Supernaturally Paid. That's our handle. Um, also, you can go to SupernaturallyPaid.com to get more information about the course. And then you can connect with me on Instagram at Raven Hoquette, And that will take you to like all of my different pages and everything that I have going on and stuff like that. Awesome. So we'll have all the links to that in the description and also be in the description of the podcast. And don't forget, don't forget to check out the Supernaturally Paid podcast. Okay. She's already charting number 54 in entrepreneurship. So we are super excited. You can listen to that um, on Apple and on Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. So thank you so much, Raven, for coming on here and getting our lives together. Okay. We didn't know that <laughs> we needed it, but it was right on time. Alrighty, y'all. Don't forget to listen and subscribe. Don't forget to check out Raven and everything that she's doing. And we will talk to you on the next episode. Thank you for having me. Coming.